Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action to create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in this tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Today I will be speaking with Heather Stratford. Heather is the founder and CEO of Stronger International and a thought leader in the cybersecurity field. Heather keynotes at conferences, universities, and for large financial institutions. Heather writes on cybersecurity and has been featured and written for such global organizations as the 2018 G7 Summit held in Canada. Heather regularly speaks about cybersecurity, entrepreneurship, failing forward, women in technology, women and diversity in cybersecurity, creating a cybersecurity culture, privacy, and risk. As a speaker, Heather captivates and holds an audience's attention while sharing insights and experiences relevant to their lives and professions. She brings new vision to complicated current events and their potential impacts on current business practices. In 2019, Heather became a national Tory Burch Fellow with the Tory Burch Foundation. The same year, she also received a national scholarship from Goldman Sachs to participate in the 10,000 Small Business Program, where she earned a certificate in entrepreneurship from Babson College in Boston. In 2018, Heather received the Women in Business Leadership Award from Whitworth University. She has also served as a board member on the Community Security Coalition, a regional nonprofit helping cybersecurity and technology education. Heather has led technology teams throughout her career, which has spanned the fields of publishing, manufacturing, technology, food services, contractor services, and transportation. She specializes in startups and young organizations and has launched two of her own national companies, Moxie Marketing, a technology integrator for the marketing industry, and Stronger International, a cybersecurity firm. She has a passion for helping find, start, and mentor young entrepreneurs. Heather's educational background includes an MBA in international management from Thunderbird School of Global Management and a bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University. She now specializes in education and cybersecurity and the impact it has on businesses of all sizes. Welcome to the show, Heather. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here as well. Great. Let's get started. So, Heather, as a woman in in the tech industry, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Well, that's a great question, and I think that I have a story that is typical of many women in technology, and that is it was a very circuitous route. Mm -hmm. It wasn't uh, that I went to college in 
computer science and then got out and went to work for Microsoft. I actually um, have more of a liberal arts background. Um, I was in international relations and uh, communications as an undergraduate. Uh, I went into business and ended up going and getting my MBA in international business and strategy from Thunderbird and really started diving more into tech. Every business and every job that I took, I was the one that raised my hand and said, I'll put in that ERP system or mm -hmm. I'll redo the website or let's write. So I, I took on challenges within a technology role. And as my career developed, I ended up starting my own national marketing firm, which was a technology integrator. And from there, uh, I am now running Stronger International, which I am the founder of, and we are a cybersecurity firm. So my, my journey was not a direct route, but through all of my experiences in different industries, I learned a lot about uh, what was needed, both from the inside of a company how to uh, process things better, how to save and be more efficient, as well as from a customer point of view of what the customer really was looking for and wanted. And together, that is how Stronger International is growing uh, its brand. That's great, Heather. Wow. Um, quite an amazing career because uh, when you just said, you know, you put your hand up and said, I'll, I'll install that ERP system or work on that, creating that website. I think that shows so much confidence uh, in just jumping in with both feet. And that's something, you know, we, we really talk about on this show a lot is that uh, women always are, we, we don't show that confidence all the time because we are capable of so much more, but you know, sometimes our confidence gets in the way. So um, how do you think you, you gain that confidence just to jump in with both feet and say, I'll take on that without having a lot of experience behind it? Well, I guess I credit my parents for mm -hmm. raising me very independently. Um, I have, a, I have uh, five older brothers and sisters. So it was a Brady Bunch and I was the youngest mm -hmm. Uh, of that Brady Bunch, and uh, I was never told, you can't do that. I was always said, hey, or you need to help do this, or my dad loved building, and um, I was always said, was always his helper, and I roofed a, a, a cabin and built a, a concrete wall, and I was always told, hey, if you don't know, learn how to and, and get in there and, and do it. And so as that translated, as I got older, I would be at either a university level or in my first couple of jobs, I basically said, of course I can do that. And if I didn't know how, mm -hmm. I would ask people. I would, at the time, you couldn't research into Google and say, hey, how do you answer this question? I'd run to the library or I would run to a bookstore and get a book on, you know, um, word processing for dummies, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would mm -hmm. go through and I would try and find the answer. And so I was, I was hungry for learning and I knew that I could do it if I had the right resources. And so I might have been overconfident um, as a younger person in business, 
but it allowed me to do amazing things. And I, um, I was very young running full departments of, of staff because I said, of course we can do that. And I, w- I believed in delivery. And so if I needed to stay late, I stayed late. If I needed to learn how to uh, run a software program, I stayed and learned how to run the software program. That's very impressive. Very impressive. Um, so tell us more about your business and how you help customers. So the business was originally IT training solutions, and I um, took over in 2015 and changed it to Stronger International. And Stronger International is a cybersecurity firm uh, based on the core of training. And we help governments, uh, higher education, financial, uh, medical industries with both technical and end user training in the cybersecurity realm. We also do pen testing, risk assessments, and other what I would consider more hardcore cybersecurity uh, services. That has been an extension from our training. And we listen to our customers. And right now, cybersecurity is a main pain point for any company or business, whether you are a multinational or whether you are a small doctor's office. Mm-hmm. The fear of being breached, of records leaving, of uh, a compliance issue with HIPAA or another compliance regulation is very real. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of pain points and people don't know uh, often how to safeguard themselves, their business, their assets, their employees, their information. And so we try and give people the resources. The reason that I named the company Stronger International is because I felt with the tools and with knowledge, anybody can become stronger. And I love that. many people said, why, why didn't you name it like Cyber Zen or, you know, something that had mm-hmm. to do with cyber? And I said, because it's a universal concept and everybody is lacking in cyber, whether it's the people, the knowledge, right, that it's shifting so fast that they bought another company that bringing them in. Um, there are all kinds of reasons that, that uh, executive staffs, managers are worried about cyber, and they should be. And so our goal is to give them the tools to be stronger themselves, either by training their own employees, by putting better systems in place, or by totally outsourcing certain aspects like um, a managed firewall that will help support their internal efforts. That's great. And cybersecurity is so important today. Like you said, you could be an enterprise account or a small business, and you need to keep your information, your environments very, very safe. Do you have any top-of-mind tips that you could provide our listeners um, to keep their technology environments safer? Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, where do I start? The first thing is 
to recognize that cybersecurity is an issue and you need to address it. Mm-hmm. So for many years, I would talk to people and they would put their head in the sand. You know, that picture of an ostrich that kind of has his head in the sand. Mm-hmm. That was the type of response I would get. They'd say, well, maybe somebody else needs that, but we don't. Mm-hmm. And they literally did not accept the idea that their business, their company needed to take cybersecurity seriously. So once you identify that it really is a risk and it's a problem, then you need to put resources to it. And there's different ways to put resources to a problem, both the people side of it and then also the technology side. You need to have things in place like a a VPN, which Mm -hmm. is a way for people to safely log into a company when working from home. That is a a technology solution that will help you be safer. You also need to train your employees. You can't assume that Mary Smith or John Doe, who is working from home, understands the technology if you haven't trained them in it. So uh, manufacturers and hospitals, they do lots of training in uh, procedure, lots of training in you need to do this and then do that. Um, cybersecurity is lagging behind, and you need to train your employees to be safe and to create that safe culture that will help your company moving forward. Yeah, that's so important because you know I do I did read um, that a lot of the security breaches come from just you know lack of uh, awareness of the you know, even your password or sharing your credentials with somebody, uh, people just don't think. And a lot of times people, if they were a little bit more careful and they were trained better, I think we could, um, you know, kind of resolve a lot of those issues. Would you agree? Absolutely. And you've touched on a very important topic for cybersecurity, and that is passwords. Mm-hmm. Um Things are evolving. The What people don't realize is the most common password still in the United States is password 1234. <laughs> yeah. Or add. And uh, that, that can't be. There's a reason for a password. It's a key, right? It's a key to a door. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't just hand your key to everybody on the street. You need to keep that safe. And so passwords and password hygiene, using a password manager, um, making sure that passwords are more complex and training your employees and telling them what that complex password, how to create that and what that needs to be. So passwords are very important. Um, Training about what phishing is. And if something looks suspicious, having a culture where you can say, hey, this this doesn't look quite right. Is this okay? Mm -hmm. Or what should I do with this? And letting your IT team know. So some of these basic things, using a VPN to log in, uh, understanding passwords and having password managers, understanding phishing and having training about phishing and helping your employees. These are all very key steps that are important for both a small company, a medium-sized company, and a large company. That's great. Great advice. So your company has created a new disruptive microlearning technology for cyber education called DRIP7, and it changes the way enterprise co- companies engage, and they 
it shifts their behavior in cybersecurity. Can you tell us more about that? So I'm super excited about this because mm -hmm. right now in our market, our cybersecurity training is failing. It's just not meeting the needs that are out there. And it's failing because it is often built on an archaic system of a learning management system or an LMS. And so, um, you know, people will make a, a PowerPoint into a SCORM packet and they'll push it out to all their employees and they'll have them go through a training. And that training is once a year and they'll click through and then their HR department can say, yep, we trained them. The problem is that doesn't make a a cultural change. It doesn't shift the behavior of Mary Smith who might work on floor four. And what Mary Smith needs is more, more information. And micro learning is a new, newer concept that is catching on fast and is in a lot of different industries, but really hasn't bridged to cybersecurity as effectively yet. So our platform is called Drip7. And it's at drip7.com if you're curious about uh, what the platform is. And it's designed to have once a day uh, small bits of learning uh, that come to employees specifically around security and compliance and can include other aspects of uh, regulation specific to a, an industry or a company. Uh, so it can be a very universal tool for any industry. One of the problems in the, indus uh, in the industry in general right now is that most of the solutions come off the shelf. They're very hard to customize and really make tailored to your employees. And so we, want, we have a platform now that is very customizable. You can mix and match and it's written and authored by experts in the field so that you can be confident of the curriculum and confident of the information that you're sending out to your employees. And so DRIP7 is a micro-learning technology for cyber education that will change cyber education in this country. I love that, and it's right at your fingertips. So it comes to you and you don't have to think about, you know, oh, I need to go somewhere to learn, which is really, really great. I love that. I'd love to look into it more, uh, even for our customers. That would be awesome. Stay tuned for the rest of today's interview after a brief word from our sponsor. Are you an expert in your field? Are you a woman who values thought leadership? We'd love to have you join us as a guest on an upcoming episode of Tech in the Right Direction. Visit us at directionstraining.com forward slash podcast to apply today. While there, be sure to check out Directions Training's newest initiative, the WIT Cloud Power Scholarship for Azure Fundamentals Certification. This year, we have offered 100 scholarships to women for the Microsoft Azure Fundamentals Training Course, valued at $950 per student as an opportunity to start their pathway to becoming a Microsoft certified professional. Help us continue to drive social change and the advancement of women in the technology industry. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. We now rejoin our host, Jennifer Didier, with today's guest. 
Um, so, Heather, you and I are both passionate about women in technology. Um, can you provide your thoughts as to what we can do to bridge the culture, pay, and employment gap for women? Well, that's a really big question, mm -hmm. and we both are very passionate about it. And um, I, I've read a lot on this topic, and I've specifically uh, spoken and written about this in terms of women in cybersecurity. Cybersecurity mm -hmm. is one of the least diverse um, areas of STEM. Mm -hmm. And there's some reasons for that. Uh, a lot of the pipeline comes through the military. Um, it is a very high-stress type of position. Um, there, there's, there's many reasons why um, there is a low representation of women in cybersecurity. But it doesn't have to be that way. And so what I see as key factors are, are the following. Making sure that there are visible mentors and people in the industry. Mm -hmm. I talk to um, groups on college campuses. I talk to uh, people in industries, and they need to know that there are people out there that they, that they can see, so they can see that, hey, this is a track I could take. This is a person in this industry. So having visible uh, women in the field is very important. Um, I work with a lot of larger universities, and it's really disturbing that right now um, in a computer science degree, uh, met the ratio of men to women is, uh, is about 90 to 10. So there's about 10% females in computer science uh, programs. And if you think about it, um, women actually uh, use are slightly more of the population and use technology just as much as men. And so the point is, who's going to create those solutions? Who's going to uh, be able to say, you know, our, our kids aren't going back to regular school. They're staying home. Who's going to create the solution that's going to make that effective? And women need to be part of that. So being able to have women in the field ahead of you being able to encourage younger people to follow those trends and stay in the sciences and stay in that. Also, um, being able to uh, show that cybersecurity right now has like a 1%, um, uh, the percentage of, of, of gap in the industry. Um, Pretty much if you're in cyber, you have a job and you have one waiting for you and you have another mm -hmm. one you could have, right? <laughs> so there's definitely demand um, in terms of pay. And, and I have talked to um, students on college campuses about this. It often starts with your first job. So when you come out of a university and you go for your first job, um, if you start at $20,000, then you get a small raise, and then you keep going up. But if you started at twenty-six thousand, um, then you already started higher. Part of it is asking for what you asking for um, the right amount of your credentials when you first enter uh, a position, and as you move laterally or up. And so, being able to ask for having mentors to 
consult and say, hey, what should I be asking for? There's a lot more information online about typical salaries and compensation packages than there ever have been. Um, and then being able to attract and create an environment within an organization that supports women. So oftentimes women will go into technology and then they will drop out. Um, this is not uh, only in technology. It happens in the medical community. Um, more than 50% of women become doctors, but you go 10 years out and many of them have dropped to part-time. Why? Because they're having kids and families. And so being able to create a work environment that will support someone staying in the industry without having to put in 80 or 90 hours a week is what needs to happen. Creating jobs that could be split, jobs that can be part-time, jobs that can be uh, carved differently um, so that women can stay in the field and contribute at different levels throughout their longer career. Those are great, great uh, points that you make, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, women are charged with so much more than just their job. You know, they have to take care of the kids. They have to take care of the home. They do all the planning. They do all the purchasing. There's just a lot of things that happen that we need to have systems and processes and environments to support them. And I think that will help definitely uh, bridge that gap. So as a woman in technology, I'm sure you've faced some challenges in your career. Um, what are some of them that we can learn from and how did you overcome them? Um, well, I'm going to tell you a story about when uh, I took my first computer class. Mm -hmm. And it was back when I was in high school. So my, my parents told me, they said, um, you can go to a college camp for the summer, and I picked a volleyball camp, and I picked a computer science camp. Mm -hmm. And I showed up on the campus, and there were 100 students, and there were 98 boys and two girls. Mm -hmm. And um, it was hard. Uh, I mean, I did my computer programming, and I did my thing, and I got to know some of the other students but I felt really out of place. Mm -hmm. And when I got to college, I didn't take a lot of computer science. The, I went in a different direction. And so one of the things that I think we have to have women in the field who understand that they're going to be a pioneer. They might be one of five, you know, uh, mm -hmm. women uh, who are in the class, and that's okay. Right? It happens in electrical engineering. It happens in other fields. You might be a small representation in that area, um, but you need to stay. You need mm -hmm. to stay in that and, and, and be okay with that. So some of the challenges that people face are feeling uncomfortable of being the only woman and shifting to an area that is more comfortable, right? Uh, now, when I got into business and I uh, was in the workforce a couple of years, I ended up at a company where I was a marketing director for uh, five states, and it was in a very male-dominated field, uh, and I was the only woman on the executive team. Mm. 
and I was also the youngest. So I soon realized that I needed to dress the part. I couldn't walk in in jeans and casual and Mm -hmm. nobody was taking me seriously. So I needed to act professionally, uh, put in my time and do good work. And I needed to dress the part, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not just one component, but when I left that organization, they begged me to stay. They appreciated the value I added. I had proved myself above and beyond what they had expected. And it wasn't because of one thing. It was because I took it seriously. I was professional. I took on big projects and I delivered. Mm-hmm. And when you can do that, um, people will respect you more and they will give you more. So no matter if you're talking about an ethnic background, um, a, a male, female, if you are a great employee and you are the A player, they want you. And so be that A player. Yeah, we sometimes have to prove ourselves more, so we have to put a little bit more hard work into it. But if you put that work into it and, like you said, be that A player, uh, you can play along with the best of them and, and really succeed. So that's that's really um, that's great that you shared that story because it, it really is hard. In a lot of cases, we are um, in a male-dominated industry, so... Um, we just have to be confident, we have to be comfortable with it, and we have to move forward in order for us to make more room for other women in this industry. So you're also a National Tory Birch Fellow Awardee and the winner of the Whitworth Women in Business Leadership Award. So share with us what, what are some of the successes that got you noticed through these awards? Well, um, I think the fact that I took a chance and was the founder of a technology company mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, most companies, when they start, they're not around in two or three years. And in and, and our current environment with COVID, um, businesses fail. And, mm-hmm. and so it's hard. All business is hard. But I think what they saw is uh, passion and tenacity and that I really felt that I had something to contribute on a larger scale to um, the general public. And it's taken me a while to get there. Uh, Drip 7 is a culmination of a lot of thought and planning over years that we have finally um, figured out how to really address the behavior shift problem. Um, And so I see the Tory Birch Fellowship Awardee as um, recognizing that and just seeing, hey, this is a an entrepreneur that needs uh, more support and can go far. And mm-hmm. so shoot far. Shoot. Uh, I tell, I have, um, I have five children, uh, three boys and two bonus girls. Oh. And I tell them, you know, you're shooting for the stars, like you're shooting high. And if you don't make it all the way, that's okay because you shot high. Um, I have a kid who's uh, applying to colleges and he's like, mom, do you know the acceptance rate of that college? That's like a lot of rejections. I said, yeah, but you shoot high 
And if you don't get in, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You tried. You give it your best shot. You try. You shoot high. And so many of these awards are showing that these women um, are, are trying to make a difference. They are shooting high. And uh, it's helping recognize that effort that they're putting in. Very impressive. Congratulations. So in closing, what advice would you give a woman who's thinking, well, maybe I want a career in tech after listening uh, to Heather. I feel motivated. I'm inspired. What advice would you give her uh, to start? Uh, well, that's a complicated question. You know, if you are in college, I would say take a uh, a class in technology, even a basic class. If you are in the workforce, I would say take a um, a certification class in mm-hmm. a certain technology. So you could just learn more about networking. And I would take a CompTIA Network Plus class so mm-hmm. that you would learn the basics of what you need. It gives you the terminology, helps you understand how things fit together. And so when you're in, in a situation where you're in a, uh, a business uh, meeting, you can raise your hand and say, hey, we need to be doing ABC. And you'll sound credible because you have some background. So getting a little bit of background uh, is helpful. Asking um, your current employer, are there any technology projects coming up that I could assist on and be part of the team? Maybe I'm not doing the whole thing, but I can manage it. I can help with it. I can understand it um, to get your feet wet and to uh, bridge into a career that is uh, more in the technology field. And... uh, just learn. When you yeah. learn and showcase what you what you know, uh, you will you will bridge that direction. And we need more women creating the solutions on a technological level that will help us bridge to a better world. I agree. Cannot agree anymore. That's really, really so true. And we hope that this podcast and all of the podcasts that we have. Uh, really inspire women to choose a career in technology because we need you. Um, This has been so informative, Heather. I just loved our conversation. Um, What is the best way for our listeners to get more information from you? Well, I am on LinkedIn, so Heather Stratford. I also, I'm the founder of Stronger International. You can connect with me there. And we would love to have people visit us at drip7, that's D-R-I-P, the number seven, dot com, and go and look at our platform and learn more about what we're doing to change our industry. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. It was a pleasure having you on the show. It was wonderful to be here. I really am passionate about it, and thank you so much for getting the word out there and helping more women get into technology. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. 
from IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training. Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.